Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 619 with a review of The Rental. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we're talking about a... A little film that uh, maybe doesn't feel properly planned uh, release-wise with the pandemic. Um, This is a whole film Mm. about, you know, taking vacations, getting away, getting a little Airbnb. Um, But... See, I disagree. I think it is kind of perfectly timed because the one vacation anyone is looking to do right now is let's just find like a big house somewhere we can drive to and stay in without seeing anyone and then leave. Like, I I kind of feel like I'm sure Airbnb is down right now, but at least for me, I know I had been planning a thing like that. And when I saw the trailer for this movie, I was like, yep, this is going to get me. I I mean, yes, but you weren't planning a trip with people outside of your germ circle or whatever people are calling it now. Right. Like, like this is a, this is people who are working in an office who are planning a trip to escape the office in celebration Mm. of good work things that are happening. Right. This isn't just you trying to escape for the weekend. This is separate groups of people communally going to one space to do it. So um, it's, it's just, it's just not safe, dude. It's not safe. (laughs) My, my my real question, though, for you, uh, Stephen, you are a well-traveled man. Uh, you have spent many a time inside of an Airbnb around the world in different places. How much do you think about uh, potential hidden cameras or um, anything in the spaces that you stay in? Have you ever been curious or do you kind of just like you think of it like a hotel? You're like, eh, they're going to look at me. They're going to look at me, whatever. <laughs> I, so I, I will, that specific question, never. I, I never think about the camera. I am kind of in that laissez-faire, like, hey, look, if I don't know, what do I care? Um, <laughs> like what you see? With that said, <laughs> I have found in my later years, um, and like I tend to lean more towards hotels than Airbnbs, kind of for the reason of the the feeling of security. It, it's kind of like how a big house is scarier than an apartment, because an apartment has like a lobby <laughs> and an elevator. There are there are structures in place between you and the outside world. Yeah. And an Airbnb, especially in a place you are unfamiliar with. Like I had one in, in Istanbul. I got an Airbnb. And everything was just very open. Like there was a balcony that was shared with other places in the unit. And like it was very hot and so windows were open certain ones didn't even have glass on them it was just like always open and i did that first night there have this feeling of like vulnerability of like what if somebody came in you know yeah. I, I paid almost nothing for this how do i know that i can trust the host um and that that feeling is definitely there which i think is the fear that this movie preys on which is like i am putting a lot of faith in another human being right now who i know nothing about um, yeah yeah so i have thought about that and it makes me, when I can, want to lead toward the kind of boring upper class hotel where I at least kind of know what I'm going to get uh, versus the wild card of an Airbnb that requires you to put your faith in other strangers on the internet. Yeah, like I, I for me, I obviously the simplicity and the not needing to deal with people makes hotels always a better option than an Airbnb. Airbnb does offer you convenience and pricing uh, (laughs) options that are 
sometimes better. Um, but it, it is definitely a thing where it's like, man, I got to coordinate with this person. I need to arrive. Half the time your Airbnb is like half illegal. And they're like, look, right. I put a key under the pot, but make sure you don't talk to the doorman because I could get in trouble. And you're like, bro, why, why are you even listing this place on Airbnb if I have to jump? Like, it, it makes me more anxious to deal with that sort I, I of thing. I think when we were when we were in uh, New York for Tribeca, weren't we supposed to say we were the cousins of the people who owned the, <laughs> owned the apartment? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it's, yeah, it, I, I've never liked that sort of situation, um, but I'm definitely... I'm always like, if I'm going to rent a place, I do my best to be like, I need a private space. Obviously, the owner could still show up and do whatever they want. But it's like, I don't want to share space with anybody. Just just take my money and let me have a way to get in. But I, I do kind of, I do a little bit wonder, like I haven't gone to the lengths of like running those like terminal scripts on your computer to search for different internet enabled devices that are on the current Wi-Fi network. Haven't quite done that. Um even that, if you were really trying to be shady, you would just set up a separate network just for the devices, right? Like, it, if yeah. you don't let your guests on that network, they can't sniff for the things, right? Um, but uh, I haven't quite gone there. But I do every once in a while, kind of like, if I'm just laying there and I'm staring at a vent for no reason, I will kind of be like, hmm, I wonder if there's anything in this vent. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't let myself. I, I tend to, with all privacy-related things, think, like, I'm not that interesting, like, why would anyone go to the trouble? Yeah. Um, and I, I just tell myself, like, nobody's going to care, right? Maybe a few vulnerable activities you would not want on film for the rest of your life. But for the most part, <laughs> it's like, whatever. I don't... A, a video of me in the shower, that's not going to ruin my life. That isn't going to cancel yeah. me, you know? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. Well, I'll, I'll ask you this question again in, uh, in 10 more years when you run for president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... But yeah, no, by well, then we'll be doing that thing where uh, I forget who proposed this, but everyone should just preemptively put a picture of them naked on the Internet so nobody can hold it over their head anymore. <laughs> it would just become a social thing that like everyone has available. Wait, that's not what you do with your alternate Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> no, no answer. <laughs> You're never going to find Carlos Danger. <laughs> Anyways, what do you say we get into this episode, Stephen? Let's do it. All right, so we are going to take a listen to the trailer for The Rental, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. Let me show you out back, and then I'll get out of your hair. The stars are insane out here. I should have brought the telescope. What do you need a telescope in the city for? Unless you're like a peeping Tom or something. I promise. 
This is not okay, Charlie, all right? Stop being so calm. Everything is fine. So that was the trailer for The Rental. It is about two couples who try to escape for a weekend and uh, they get a little rental and they may get more than what they bargained for. Stephen Miller, what did you think of The Rental? I thought The Rental was a movie with a, a really great premise, actually. Like, as I mentioned, it kind of jumped out to me, particularly in pandemic times, because I've been considering the idea of like getting a big house by the ocean uh, just to get away. Um, great premise. I think the cast is pretty th- solid. Like they all kind of fill their own unique role. Uh, Dan Stevens is like a serious hunk of man meat as Charlie. I think I just am in love with Dan <laughs> Stevens now. <laughs> The second movie where that is a thing I feel the need to tell everyone. Um, I miss his Russian accent, though. (laughs) Yeah, I missed it, too. Um, Alison Brie is great. She's kind of, like, straddling, like, her type. And then something a little bit edgier. Like, you know, she's still the goody two-shoes-ish, but not, like, she's more grounded than usual. Um, Sheila Vand as Mina, I think, is a great character we'll, we'll get into. I think she is kind of, like, the the pivotal character in the movie. Um, and that guy, I didn't know where I'd seen him before. Jeremy Allen White, who plays Josh, the brother, he gives like some serious energy in that character. I don't know what the energy is, but it like, I haven't really seen that before. <laughs> and I, I was into it. It's like, it's like startup energy. Yeah. Like it, he, there's an intensity to the role where like the moment you see him, the first time he shows up in the movie, you're like, this is going to go somewhere. I don't know where, but like this character is going to take me on a journey. Um, so it, it, I thought it was kind of like stacked. I was prepared to have a great time. And I kind of feel like it just s- mostly squanders all that stuff. Like it doesn't fail it. It just doesn't do very much with what it has. Um, so like it kind of sets this up as a, they're, they're going to be traveling for the weekend in a remote location. Everyone who watches the movie knows the rough idea that a person is watching them and slowly events are going to unfold throughout the weekend to become successively more unnerving. Um, It kind of isn't that. I mean, events happen, but very little (laughs) is that actual horror movie, like things are going to get progressively more creepy. I feel like there are maybe like two discrete things that heighten the level of creepiness and the rest of the movie is not building dread what the movie really is is doing a kind of like morality play of like what what happens if you put characters who all have secrets or dark sides together and are they are now threatened to be seen in the light of day like it it does something it surprised me and on paper i think that is like way better than the pure horror movie version of this but i just i don't know i kind of felt like it ran out of steam early on and what I was watching was like, like this, uh, uh, Joe Swanberg was involved in producing this movie. And I feel like I would have preferred the full on mumblecore version of this story. If that is what they want to do. I've just have characters that are like, you know, going through this kind of interpersonal issue while horrific things are kind of percolating in the background. Um, 
but I don't know. There's just it, it felt like a kind of weird mix to me where I could never fully get into it, but I also never disliked it. Like I, I thought it was totally good looking, and the characters are well done and everything. But it, I didn't know how to feel. Like I definitely was not scared. I don't think anyone is going to be scared watching this movie, at least not in the like creepy crawly way. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, I think I think as the credits are rolling, if you're not scared existentially, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the concept in the credits is we, I will get into the credits too, because I kind of feel like it, the movie does not earn the tone that it lands on in the end. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it confused me because I, I like a lot about it, but I just kind of felt like the, part of it is the characters don't behave in a way that I think is reasonable at all, which isn't the requirement of a movie, but like there is a moment in this movie where, Death and romantic betrayal are both on the table <laughs> and romantic betrayal is treated as like 50 times more terrifying or infuriating than death in a way that just like didn't work for me for the character, for how I believe these people to be in the real world. It, 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 like, it felt like a good idea that just like wasn't executed in a manner that made me be able to follow the threads of it. And that kind of bummed me out a little bit. But I don't know. Dan Stevens is a sexy piece of man. And I do, we'll, we'll get into more of it after I, I learn your thoughts. Yeah. Um, so this is the second review in a row where you and I both fixated on the same points from an opposite side. Um, mm. I actually stereotypically in films like this characters always make extremely stupid decisions and i felt like watching this film the stupid decisions they made were justified by the characters trying to avoid something different and i felt like this i felt in general so, so backing up a little bit i think when I, when I when i sat down to watch this it was only like right before i hit play that i realized joe swanberg was was attached to this and i'm like oh Oh, okay. Interesting. Let's see where this is going to go. And I think I love the feel of his hands in this. Like, mm -hmm. like this is just like a drinking buddies or something, right? Like, like it's just, yeah. it's literally two couples with their own sort of stuff going on, going to this house for the weekend. And there happens to also be some creepy things about the tenant of, of the house and, and stuff like that. But I really actually very much enjoyed sort of like because where we're, where we're introduced to the idea of going on vacation and the two people sitting in front of the computer and then like four seconds later you realize the actual relationship between those two characters and yeah, then you it, go it, this... it is very um economic early on in laying out everything that is like it's going to be dealing with like that was clever i think the yeah, opening yeah. does a really good job of that so so i really really liked about three quarters of this movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it's I think it's paced amazingly. I think it chooses to to divvy out its little crumbs of its story um, perfectly, and I think all the performances are amazing in it. Um, and and I really really like what it's doing so much so that I almost forget the movie that we are watching by the time it becomes the movie that we are watching. And I think yeah. that um, I don't know how much to talk about the movie it is slash becomes um but it, it seems just... weird but should we do a spoiler section for this because i kind of want to talk about why i think it doesn't stick the landing um yeah yeah i mean i think i think we might as well do a spoiler section just so that we can like openly talk about this change but i will say that like in films in this genre 
the thing that I hate the most is stuff happening off camera <laughs> and uh, things happening with immediacy that don't allow the people they're happening to to deal with the mental uh, situation at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when this film decides to transition into, oh, now we're back to the movie we were trying to sell you in the trailer, it's just boom, 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 movie's over. And I just, yeah. it almost completely lost me, almost completely lost me. And then like the credits, I was like, all right, you drew me back in. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, that, that's, I mean, that, that's basically how I can sum up this film is, is brilliant opening. I love the character work. I hate the actual genre work. And the coda makes me think about the horrifying reality of this being able to happen anywhere. <laughs> I, I think your, like your summary is correct. It, it is interesting. I think we both saw the same thing and how on board we are is, I think one problem that recurs for me over and over again as someone who does not enjoy being scared is I tend to put on my like horror suit when I know I'm going to watch a movie that you make me (laughs) review for the podcast. And then I'm way more critical when it doesn't deliver on that promise. Like I think I'm, I'm not as good at being able to pull out of that mode because I had to like work myself up to it (laughs) in the first place. Um, (laughs) But like, like here's an example of a thing that on paper I think is brilliant and yet it didn't really play out for me the way I feel it should have like there is a very clear way you could read this movie as being about a minority in a group being ignored the things that they feel the things that frustrate or worry them about other people's behavior and then them getting like shoved aside because the rest of the group just wants to be like peacekeeping and wants to not deal with shit you know like like there are a few moments in this movie that do that one pretty early on uh, yeah. all of them with the character of Mina that I think like th- that is very smart. That is like invisible man, right? Like that, that yeah, is like yeah. a horror that is planting this idea of a broader social issue. And it's like bringing the horror into that thing. You know, the, the idea of a, a, a guy who seems to be, racist right or or at least hateful in some way and then three out of four of the people there all of whom are white being like come on don't make a big deal about it let's have a good weekend like that is a great like morality play like a setup for a horror yeah. movie like it's a like i i loved that uh, and then i just kind of feel like i i don't know even in the interpersonal aspects of the way the movie unfolds i think they tried to do like four things when they could have only really done two in a consistent way. And it, it like it muddied the storyline for me a little bit. So that, yeah. that was, that was kind of how I felt is there. I, I think there are brilliant things thrown in and I just don't feel like it was woven together in, in a way that would make it effective or at least as effective as I wanted it to. And I don't like Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already established how you feel about uh, hotel rooms and Airbnbs. So you were primed to be immune to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I do think this movie looks really good. Like, I, I don't know what kind of budget it had, but it looked solid. Like, it, it kind of reminded me of, what was it The Gift? 
that movie we reviewed uh, a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, we did um, review The Gift. <laughs> It's also a movie that has a coda that makes you rethink the rest of the film. Yeah, okay. So that's the one. The Joel Edgerton's directorial yeah. uh, debut, or at least the the movie that he directed. Uh, the Gift, what I remember is I liked the idea of it, but I also just felt like, wow, this is like a real movie you made. Good on you, Joel. <laughs> like, like, it just feels like a real movie. And I felt like that for Dave Franco, too. I was like, wow, this feels like a real movie. This doesn't feel like a... like thrown together thing that you and your buddies did over the weekend um and i I was impressed by the production quality of the movie because it didn't need a high production quality it could have easily been the like super super low budge feeling yeah you know my friends are in a house and because i live in hollywood we all like got friends with cameras to film us for a little bit um but it, it it doesn't have that feel at all yeah, well, I mean, I, I think most of the stuff that I really want to talk about to dive into this film requires spoilers. Uh, so should we yep. should we just give people a verdict and then transition on into that? Sure. All right. Well, so for our official verdict, Stephen Miller, if you were going to give us a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I am doing the cliche, the joke that was teed up the moment <laughs> we knew we were going to do this movie, <laughs> which is I think you should wait for rental. <laughs> um, I, I think it's fine. I, I think there are things that are really good about it, actually. And it, considering the things that I did think were brilliant, it is kind of sad to me that I'm only at rental level with this movie. But I just feel like it it doesn't stick the landing. And where you said you were into like three quarters of the movie, I think I fell off maybe a third of the way in. And yeah. I never really got back on. And that bummed me out because it, like it's like you're watching someone set up this amazing like domino contraption that they've worked all day on and you look at it and you're like this is going to be great and then they start to fall and like just the cool thing never happens <laughs> like that, that was kind of how i felt is it, it it didn't manage to deliver on what i felt like the intro was promising me and that kind of bummed me out but still totally solid well acted all around like I, i'm into that part yeah um <sighs> If it would have even mildly slid in to, you know, home base um, with any gracefulness at all, or even d- hey, did somebody like... slid into home base. <laughs> no spoilers, Stephen. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a rental as well. Um, I I really, really, really liked the beginning sections of this film, and it just it annoyed me to all hell, which I'll get into in spoilers by the end and part of that is just my personal preference these type of films when you do the things that it does right at the end uh it just it's not interesting for to, to me or for me or whatever so uh unfortunately rental but an enjoyable rental <laughs> yeah, sure. and for me those credits stuck with me <laughs> so i i think this is showing the how wide the rental category is because i think for me i'm on like the lower end of rental and you're on the upper end of rental yeah yeah for sure no i i'm i mean i I think it comes down to you're the you're the quarter to half enjoyment of this film and i'm the half to three quarters enjoyment of this film yeah cool um well for those who don't want spoilers this is going to be end of the review that you're going to listen to so uh steven miller people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. 
People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come, hopefully, from the soundtrack to the rental that's available. Um, So hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, And yeah, that music is going to play. It's going to fade up. And when that music fades back out, we will be in full-blown spoilers. So stay tuned. We are back. This is spoiler territory. It is the after part of our review of the rental. We are talking full-blown spoilers. So, you know, if you don't want to be knocked off a cliff or have a rock thrown on your head, <laughs> this is your time <laughs> to bail out. <laughs> That's what you call ripping off the band-aid, Stephen. <laughs> so can I start by telling you how I think this could have been a great movie? Oh, you're going to take the the Christopher Schnazy approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this movie would be great if there were no killer, no creepy person. All they have is their suspicion that the host is a pervert. The cameras, they recognize, he denies it, and we never learn more about it. Like, we get good reason to believe that he maybe isn't the one who put them there. Um and rather than him getting beaten up and then this mysterious, like, Jason-type figure smothering him, <laughs> if he really did die from the fight. And everything that happens is these people tearing each other apart under the pressure of the the idea that they might be being watched. I think that would be, like, a really smart way to do this movie without having all the dumb stuff at the end. Yeah. Well, I, I think you could actually, like... Everything you said is true, but the killer at the end is just another guy who that they now know exists and has the footage of them disposing of the guy that they did kill. And now they have to make because it, it's like this film is about like, this is weird. It's getting weirder. Shit, something happened. You know, it's kind of approaching. What if what if the uh, death of Dick Long guys were from the Bay Area instead of from mm-hmm. where they're from, right? It, it's, it's what if a situation started off as being fine, got out of hand, and now somebody's dead and they're scared of getting caught. How do they handle that? And then they get to the point where, oh no, somebody knows what happened and they have control of the footage. We have to get that person before they leave. So we don't like, like, so if they become the bad guys, essentially, because this other person now is involved, like that could be a very, very interesting story and still have the extra people there and not have, have to have it be completely ambiguous as to whether or not this guy was being creepy. Um, Because I think even though we know there's other people, it is kind of a quote unquote twist when you realize that the tenant is not actually involved in um, putting the cameras there. Uh, he is, he happens to be a racist piece of shit, but he also wasn't involved. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, I like that though. I do feel like if you put a gun to my head, like right when we meet him, I would tell you that that was going to be the twist, right? Is that like, it isn't him because that just kind of is the flow that these kinds of movies would go through. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i mean he is sort of the hillbilly bad guy who runs the house like i mean like in most horror films if you have anything remotely close to a southern accent and you run the gas station or the hotel or any of the things you're going to be involved in the killing somehow <laughs> so so i think it's a little off type i guess <laughs> yeah so where did this movie lose you then what what is it that that did it uh this movie lost me uh as soon as the first person dies um Mm. i think that um the progression of oh shit we we know this creepy thing is happening but we are now caught on that creepy thing so we can't call attention to it like like dan stevens has a scene where he's saying look we know he can't show the footage to anybody because then he'd be caught so we're technically safe. This is just his own little perverted snuff film, whatever that he can um, he can look at and do whatever he wants to do while watching it. Um, but we are safe because he just it's 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 a mutually assured destruction sort of scenario. Yeah. That that's how he's rationalizing in his head. So he's just trying to figure out how to get through the night. I think all that stuff is very interesting, very compelling to see how the characters deal with that. Once um, once Mina confronts him and then uh the brother character runs in and beats the shit out of the guy then it's like oh shit because even when they come outside we don't know that he's alive right um we i mean we they're not talking about quote the body yet or anything like that so there's still potential that you know they're expecting him to wake up soon or they need to figure out what to do with him but it's it's still interesting then when the other guy comes in i don't know why he has to have a fucking horror movie mask on um (laughs) it's super weird but when he comes in and finishes him off i was still like oh shit now this guy's there and they have to deal with the fact that there's a dead body there i was still 100 percent on board Hmm. i think once uh allison brie tries to take the car and leaves and runs over the spike strip, gets back in her car, and the guy runs towards the window, and then j- she's just dead. The next time we see her, it's just a body. I was like, okay, okay. So I said I don't like this in horror movies. Um, I, I, I know this is going to be like, you know, blasphemy to say, I hate the original Texas Ch- Chainsaw Massacre. I, mm. To me, when I think of that movie, it is, oh, is there anything in this scary house? Boom, hit in the head dead. Oh. Uh, Where'd Billy go? Uh, I better go check on him. And they go into the front door immediately dead. And then the third person goes like, hey, um, what happened to Cynthia? I'm just making up names now. It's been a long time since I watched it. <laughs> and just one by one, people walk into a house. A door opens. They get hit in the head with a cleaver and they're dead. And there's no... Those kids... The only time those kids are frightened is because the house is kind of creepy in the middle of this field, but they die so quick. They don't get to respond to the thing that is trying to get them. And we have no context for why the thing is trying to hurt them. It's just a dude in a skin mask, like killing people. Right. I I hate that shit. It's not. Yeah. The the buildup of dread only works if someone has been watching it get worse and worse and worse. Right. Like it doesn't work if only the audience sees that. Yeah, And, And it's fine for, Allison Breed to get killed by the killer because everybody's going to get killed by the killer. But the confusing part for me is like, 
why not at least show the struggle in the car or and then cut away and then find the body not just you kind of see a person running from behind her and then before the windows even smashed it's just cut to somewhere else and then you find the dead body and then dan stevens comes in and goes what did i step on her head oh no oh and he's dead and then it's just every single time somebody dies it's a blip and they don't even get to register like it's basically the raptors picking off the the soldiers in the back of the line in lost world right or not lost world uh Jurassic World, one of the one of the worlds. Uh, uh, yeah. But it, it's just it that isn't it isn't entertaining to me. It isn't frightening to me. It's just it's just like okay, cool. So now we're watching Jason go around and kill people with a, a hammer, and, and I just it it kind of was. I just checked out because we were no longer yeah. dealing with complicated narratives. We were just like a guy who's running at people, and I just didn't. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't care for it, and then. I think I was already checked out, but when you have the stereotypical one girl gets away and then she just runs off a cliff, I was kind of like, all right, sure, fine. I mean, at this point, I don't even care because you already lost me, but it just, it didn't feel satisfying. Like, it seemed like they had an interesting concept, switched to being a stereotypical slasher film, and then botched the stereotypical slasher film ending where the one person escapes, right? It just, it, it felt... It just, it, it kind of, it, it just bugged me and it kind of made me sour on what the film is doing. Yeah, because the thing too is, yeah, it botched the execution of the stereotypical slasher film, but it also didn't build up to it. Like, I, I think if it had built up the slasher feeling, right, if we had gotten more scenes of creepy things happening, like throughout the movie... I wouldn't care quite as much that, like, the frenzy in the end doesn't pay off. But we didn't really have that. It just, like, flips a switch. And it's like, okay, no, we are going to be this movie. And, yeah, it none of that worked. It felt goofy for me. Like, all of that stuff. Like, I was not remotely scared watching it. There yeah, was not yeah. a moment when I was like, oh, God, this is going to give me nightmares. I was like, that guy in a mask? What the fuck? <laughs> and, and, the, and the weird Why? thing, too, is... And I still thought he was probably the brother, too. So I was like, he just smothered his own brother. Like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> This is really the long game that he is playing. <laughs> the other weird thing too, though, is like, um, like why bother going in and finishing off the the caretaker tenant guy? Like, why why bother with that? Um, if if you're just gonna go immediately kill everybody, anyways, like it, it feels really really weird. Like it's completely pointless. Like it, it's like it still wanted to be the old movie. They're like, man, imagine yeah. if like the guy was dead and they had to deal with his body. He's like, yeah, but we're going to kill him in just a second. He's like, yeah, but give me like four more pages of script to like have this one conversation where Dan Stevens gets to mani- maniacally say, everything is all right. Yeah, like, like that's the thing is clearly he doesn't just want to kill them. He wants to fuck with their heads, right? Yeah. But he doesn't seem to be taking any delight in that. He isn't doing a saw type thing where he is like enjoying the struggle. He's just like, all right, <laughs> hammer time. It really doesn't fit. So speaking of, <laughs> speaking of that though, <laughs> the, um, one of the scenes that I thought really the character motivations just weren't there at all is when Alison Brie, who up till now I have found to be pretty sympathetic, like definitely the most plausible character in the movie in terms of her behavior, 
she is the one person when everyone else is covering up this murder who is like, no, I'm not. Are you kidding? This is going to be with us forever, right? I, I like that scene. Like, this is going to ruin our lives. Like, I, there's no ever getting past this. Um, she sees, and you know it's coming when she hears the water, and then a shower doesn't have any water in it. And it's like, okay, there's going to be a screen that is playing the footage of uh, Dan Stevens. I, I, just real, real, <laughs> with that scene was happening. So I was watching this movie, like, by myself uh, on on my on my iPad in headphones, but I still responded as though Jamie was watching it with me. With me. I was like, it's going to be the TV, but I was just talking to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> Anyways, um, go on. Yeah. So we, so we both called it while we watched it alone. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she sees this. Any sane person, I don't care how much like you love your husband, how betrayed you are, the number one thought process right now, even if not for the fact that like my husband is an accomplice to murder right now, is who the fuck turned this on? What is going on in this house? I don't trust this. I already knew a man had cameras in this house. You're, I am very uncomfortable. You're I'm getting the hell out of here. You're forgetting that she was definitely on Molly. <laughs> so you have uh, to. You I feel have like she ex- had kind of come down by then because she was so lucid in like, like the lengthy dis- like conversation in the bedroom where she and Dan Stevens were talking about how like he is trying to brush this aside as no big deal, and she's telling him how it is definitely going to be a big deal. Um, yeah, I don't know. Even with Molly, I just feel like she <laughs> she was way too grounded in that moment to be like, what I'm really mad at right now is that he cheated on me, and that is what I'm going to be screaming about as I drive away. Like, I don't, I get that relationships, like, you know, jealousy is a big thing. Like, it can be all-consuming. I don't believe a person who has just witnessed murder is afraid they're being watched and now had a screen turn on in the room is just going to be like, I'm mad at my husband. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't buy that at well, all. Well, she, she was always... considering how deft the relationship dynamics were before this, I just felt like that was, like, such a wild curve to throw in her character. But, see, you're, you're excusing the progression she's been on this trip, right? Like, her piece... Her, her house of cards starts to crumble when she's out on the hike with the brother, right? And she starts to realize mm-hmm. that, like, oh, the way that I met him is the way he met the girl before me and potentially the girl before her, um... And she, so she's already feeling sort of on edge. Then she's mad, decides to do a bunch of Molly. Then this situation is coming on and they're like, we need to do something. And she's like, don't fucking include me in this. Like, I, you already made me an accomplice because I'm simply at this house. She's sort of just like, hey, I don't want anything to do with this. Don't include me. So I think once she reaches to the point of like, I don't even have a reason to stay behind anymore. Like before I would just don't include me. Um, but now she's like, fuck this guy and the the other girl and you know whatever the brother's fine but he got us into this mess in the pr- I, guess, I guess she does think the brother just killed someone yeah, so, yeah, yeah. maybe so, maybe that's why so i i think she literally doesn't want anything to do with any of these people and before she just didn't want to know how they were going to deal with the situation and now she's like fuck it i'm out of here i just can't take it anymore so i i, I don't know if it's 100 percent rational but it's believable that a person mm. going through the shock of this situation and still having probably some drugs in her system could make that decision. 
Yeah, and, I just don't. I I don't buy it. Like like the thing is, they're they're married. Like cheating has happened in plenty of marriages, and I'm sure it is terrible. And most of them end in divorce after that point. I don't think the moment they learn about it, they are just like, I want to leave you to die for some mass murder. Like well, no, I, I don't the, the, think that the, is mean, the, so flip, the the thing that flips. But they don't know at that point in time. They do not know there's another man. They just know that. She knows now because somebody turned on a fucking TV in that apartment <laughs> for her to discover upstairs. It, it's like it, that's what blows my mind. It could like, be on I a think timer. she should have be all heightened about that. <laughs> it could be on a timer. You don't know. Also, that's that's the one thing that I, I that's that's one of my like I understand she has to find out some somehow. Um, but the thing that I think is uh, sort of like stupid about the tv thing um is that i mean it technically i didn't think it was stupid until the credits but what we realize is that this isn't people who have a house to lure people there and fuck with them this is somebody who goes and rents an airbnb sets up the house then watches or does stuff to other people and then goes back to the house and removes all their shit theoretically at some yeah. point in time or just leaves it there forever he might have just been removing it because deaths happened um so it doesn't want there to be things for people to find um so maybe normally he just leaves it in the house so that way he doesn't have to return to the scene of the crime but i think with that context do you also rig up the house so you can project to any tv (laughs) because that's a completely different plan that's the thing what gets this guy off that's what i don't understand is he about murdering people is he about watching them or is he playing some gambit where just everyone is cheating on their partners yeah. in showers so like he gets to do this thing all the time like un- un- unless he's a he's a big fan of um of enemy of the state because remember in enemy of the state they would have the one bug that broadcasts at the same frequency as the television so that you can find that one so that you do a sweep and you think you're safe because you've done a sweep but then you then you activate the extra bugs that were hiding that are harder to find <laughs> I, I just don't I, I don't know what he wants <laughs> I, yeah. like, I, I don't know if they hadn't if like if Charlie and Mina hadn't hooked up what would he have done that weekend would he would he just like watch footage of them in the shower would he start to attack them on the second night like I, I don't even know but this whole long game that's why I keep referencing Saw is it feels like he is trying to like call out their hypocrisy or like hoist them by their own sin right like yeah like he wants their actions to destroy them but he never talks or does anything or says anything like, yeah he just pulls out the hammer it, it's just a really a, a weird combination i mean you, you can maybe assume that because they found out about it then he's in potential danger but he was kind of fine with it because they were assuming that it was the creepy guy who runs the property. And then once he was dead, it meant it was a crime scene. So he had to get his stuff out. But then like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, he acts way too quickly for that. I don't know. Like he already (laughs) had his mask on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also, so, okay. So I, I know I, I, I wish this was, I wish this was set around Halloween time and that 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 mask was already at the house and he just put it on because it's definitely weird for you to just have this mask laying around even if you are like a creeper who hides cameras in an airbnb 
I feel like you don't also have a mask unless you do want to become, <laughs> or maybe he's an amateur filmmaker and he's trying to make horror films. Yeah. I mean, like you don't jerk off in a mask if no one else is watching you. Like that's just boring. <laughs> like, why would you do that? <laughs> well, you do it in front of a mirror. <laughs> Smart. So, okay. So the coda. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I kind of think there are two codas to this movie. Yeah. There is the credits part that is the grainy footage of the Airbnbs and him, you know, swooping in and doing things. I get that, right? Like that is, that is a decent way to set the tone of the end of this movie. The end of the film, it like when the tone changes to become that, he is back in the house. The dog for some reason is like sitting to attention with him it feels like it is going to be a reveal of who he is and i was going through my head like there's no one he could be right like i we have not met any humans other than the four who we've watched die in this movie what are they about to do and they just do this kind of long period of him like washing up clearing away the evidence walking away with the dog driving away like it felt like it was supposed to be revealing a thing or earning something and i just I, I was just mad at it because I was like, I get the tone you're going at, but it felt like the gift, but it didn't have the twist of the gift. Like there was no reason for it to be that so, contemplative at the end. So so the the way I see it is sort of twofold. One is in case you didn't catch it, the guy really was as confused as you were by the camera and he's not involved with it. So it was sort of like a final, mm -hmm. like, just so you know, this guy had nothing to do with it. I think the second slash maybe third, I don't know how I'm going to break these into distinct points, um, but I, I, the way I kind of took it is that's the frightening thing, is he is this completely faceless guy who literally could be any person who has rented your Airbnb before you and is completely like nobody would have thought anything of it and he just can rent any Airbnb, go and set up cameras in it, and then never return again, but still be able to just like spy on anybody. So just as many as you want, you just go to any, any unlimited number. And that's the thing is he is not connected to any one place. He is a ghost mm. with unknown motivations. We don't know uh, what he actually wants from any of these situations, but he's just can be anywhere and no place is safe. Like if it's, if you are, you know, doing a cross-country road trip and you run out of gas and you go stay at some little Airbnb um, with a really creepy-ass family and they turn out to be killers, they live in that house. It's their home that is the scary place that you need to escape from. In this, it's like, no, you just can't ever, like, you don't know. You don't know. Those people seem nice, but you don't know. Like, it's just, it's just setting up the, like, <laughs> literally nowhere is safe feeling. And and I think that yeah that that worked for me in the like fuck literally every home that you can rent could be bugged. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I will grant that. I guess I had already. That was what I thought going into the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that part didn't work. But just the like. Like, didn't you feel like the end of this movie where it showed like him coming back with the dog and the dog sitting and everything felt like it was going to reveal something important about like, him? Like the dog like, knew I, I him? Like, 
Yeah, like it, it felt like it would normally that scene in a movie would be like, oh shit, it was the brother all along somehow. <laughs> <laughs> How did the oh yeah, the brother get died with the hammer in the back of the head? Yeah. Because, like, that was another thing I could have thought, too, is if not for the fact that brother died, I could, and that this man is the one who actually murdered um, the groundskeeper, I could have imagined a world where it is, like, Josh, the other brother with the kind of intense startup energy, like, donned a mask because he saw that his, like, brother and girlfriend were cheating with each other. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to murder these people. <laughs> like, but, like, I would have maybe believed that twist. But that's the other thing, too, is is it could just as easily be Mina, who is equal co-partners in the company, but is constantly pushed aside because, you know, mm. she's not a white man and that she seduced him, put all the cameras there, got the recording to use to basically take over the... Co- like, it could literally be any of these characters, right? Except for Alison Brie. She... <laughs> yeah she did nothing wrong she's perfect (laughs) except for (laughs) except for drive poorly (laughs) i did feel bad for her too she just wants to have a good weekend yeah everyone else is screwing her over like her having to have molly by herself that second night broke my heart yeah that was pretty sad (laughs) though i do i do love when she's like i called him to come over to fix the hot tub (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know why but that was so awesome <laughs> she's like just full disclosure i'm on a lot of drugs right now and i really want to get into that hot tub can you fix it <laughs> yeah so were you afraid of that guy in this movie um he so he was a little over the top in his uh racism like i prefer <laughs> i prefer subtle racism <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it seems more devious than when you're just like, like I'm in a bad movie and I'm trying to make sure you understand that what I'm saying is really like, I, I want microaggressions, not macroaggressions. Um, right. And so like when he was going, I was like, ah, oh, this guy. And I was like, he's got, like, it's a way he's way too sinister, right? Like he's too, he's too overtly creepy. He's not subtly creepy. Um, so I was, I was kind of just like, uh-huh. But I did kind of, I did kind of like the the semi twist that he's not involved at all, um, because, yeah. I mean, I, I was too, he was too on the nose for me to even consider him not being involved. Um, so once you finally realize that he isn't at all, then it's it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's yeah, it's funny. Like like for me, I guess I just assumed he wasn't involved, and that kind of became, that meant when he showed up later like fixing the hot tub. Like I thought that scene was funny too. I like, you know, like when she's Molly, talking into his Allison ass crack and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Wanting, wanting to motorboat his ass. Um, <laughs> that, that all I thought was funny, but there was no tension to it for me. Like there was no fear that he was evil and was going to do something. I was oh, just yeah, like, yeah. okay, well I know it's not him. So. Oh yeah. I, I, like I didn't, I didn't connect him to being a person who would put on a mask himself and try to murder them. But I thought he was related to the cameras, if that makes sense. Mm. Cool. Now, <laughs> do you think if you took a shower, you would actually notice a camera in one of the little shower I mean, spouts? I feel ca- like I would never notice that. That camera, I, I, I would because I, 
I do, I do look into vents um, and things like that. And I've, <laughs> and I do feel like it's one of those things where worse than having a camera, like worse than the idea of a camera recording me, like, like my, my laptop camera, right? If that was hacked into and turned on, it would be one thing. But if there was like, I don't know, like I, I randomly got a teddy bear delivered and I was like, oh, what a cute little teddy bear. Or like if I found out that there was a camera hidden inside my baby Yoda, like that would be mm-hmm. like worse for me because that's a thing I stare at all the time. Not I don't stare at it yeah. all the time, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that, that baby Yoda has seen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where it's like, I'd be, I'd almost be more ashamed of the fact that I didn't notice it than mm-hmm. the fact that I was caught. Um, so if I have a camera and you gain access to that camera, that's less scary than if I have not a camera and you put one there and I'm just, I didn't catch it. Um, but I, but I think right. that, I think that uh, a lot of times if there's like a weird out of place thing on an object that will jump out to me and I'll be like, what the fuck is this extra little thing? And I, and I would definitely get suspicious and look at it. Mm-hmm. So are you looking for cameras in vents? Like I want to go back to why you always stare at vents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for cameras in vents. It, it, okay. Mostly it depends on where a th- event is placed, but if it's like an oddly specific like placement, uh, I mean, in bathrooms, like the fan vent is usually like directly above the toilet, right? Or in the center of the bathroom. So that's like, it's a specific placement. But if it's like, if it's, you know, if you're, if there's just like a, a crotch height vent, sometimes I'll just be like, there could be a camera in that vent. <laughs> yeah. Now, what would you do if you looked in and there was a baby Yoda in the vent? Would you then look for a camera in the baby Yoda? I, I'm going to be honest. If <laughs> If I was like in a hotel room. And I was like, what if there's a camera in there? And like, I shined a light in there and there was even just like a toy, not even like a realistic looking baby Yoda, just a toy baby Yoda. I would probably shit myself because that would be (laughs) so, that would be so separated from what the reality should have been when I looked in that vent that I would, (laughs) like, I would just, it would scare the shit out of me. I mean, come on, you know, you would never look in a vent again if you did. No, sure. De- definitely not. I, For me, the most terrifying thing would be a face of any kind. It's the window thing all over again. Yeah, like yeah, the idea exactly. of looking in and a person is there, that would that would creep me out. Yeah. I mean, if there was a whole person in there, I would also shit myself. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Any, any last thoughts about uh, <laughs> the rental? Nope. <laughs> None. <laughs> all right. Well... Uh, that is it for this review then we are going to take off and uh i believe we have uh what we will at this point in time call a review of radioactive coming up so Mm -hmm. stay tuned for that bye bye